It's time for All Hands on Tech. Climb on board as we explore all the amazing things happening in Nova Scotia's tech sector. Each episode, we'll chat with local experts to uncover the secrets of what makes Nova Scotia the best place for collaboration, innovation, and creativity. All Hands on Tech is proudly produced by Digital Nova Scotia, the industry association for Nova Scotia's growing tech sector. Welcome back to All Hands on Tech. I am Lena. And I'm Ashley. Today's guest leads one of the best places to work in Atlantic Canada. And I'm not just saying that. They actually earned that title earlier this year. From web design to mobile app development and SEO services, Immediacy has been helping startups to publicly traded companies build strong online presences for over 25 years. With more than 4,000 projects already under their belt, we are so excited to pick the brain of Immediacy's founder and CEO, John Leahy, to learn more about the industry and how it's evolved and what it actually feels like to run a successful tech company. <laughs> Welcome to All Hands on Tech, John. Thank you. It's great to be here. Oh, Thanks thank for having you. me. Yeah, we're so happy to have you here. Um, you know, we get, we obviously gave a rundown of immediacy, but let's kind of like go back, okay? Mm -hmm. 25 mm -hmm. years. How did, how did you start? Give us your story. Um, this was my second attempt to start a database company. Um, I started a database company almost right out of school, uh, it was called Sigma Technology. Okay. And we were, we, we could tell then, this is like 1990, 1991. Oh, this database thing is going to be huge. Mm. Um, and I had a great passion for databases. And I got on the phone and I started working my network and we're going to build databases. And I think we got one database contract to take this guy's index cards, which all the people he was calling to clean their carpets. Like it was a it was a sweatshop call center, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, they're on the phone yeah. dialing for dollars and we built them a little database. But mostly people were, yeah, John, database, okay, maybe. Could you help us with this word perfect and Lotus one, two, three thing? Because we got this computer in the office now and nobody knows how to use it. And Sigma Technology became a computer training company. Uh, by 1995, 96, we had five classrooms in the Maritime Center. We had a contract with MT&T, and we were teaching people oh. how to use Lotus and wow. Word and DOS. Like l most people today <laughs> are like, DOS? What are you talking about? Right. No, you had to go CD backslash my files backslash, you know, whatever. And, and it was a nightmare. And then Windows came along, and computers got a lot easier to use. And we could see that that was going to end, and we sold that business. And then one day, and I worked for a company that bought that training business for a couple of years. And then one day, a buddy of mine called me up and said, look, I want to put my membership database on a disk. I said, no, you don't. You want to take these Microsoft Active Server page things and have a database of your membership. People go on the internet and they can log in and they can get your membership list instead mm -hmm. of you having to print out a membership directory. And he's like, yeah, John, can you put that on a disk? I said, sure. <laughs> and, but we built the you know, sort of automated website thing that was, you know, in 1998, uh, a membership database. So the database company again got right. started and everything, everybody just wanted a website. Right. So we started building websites and we're like, yeah, really? For the websites? No. Here, look, here's your design thing and you can put your own content in. We built a content management system in 1999. And People just kept showing up and asking for websites. And we built a lot of little websites. But we were always a programming shop. So today, you know, we run all of the web presence and membership login and booking services for Massage Addict, which is a franchise that started here. 
They went on Dragon's Den. They have a hundred franchises. I today. think that's where my masseuse is. Massage addict. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they've got 20 <laughs> locations in Halifax, and you know, they're franchising across the country. The teachers' union is a client. We do everything for them. For our, They have 40 websites. They have conference management. They have membership management. They have online voting. All of those database tools, effectively, mm. or, or what today is an interactive website. Everybody has an interactive website. Okay. Wow. You have a very fascinating story. So yeah. At a time when people didn't know what internet was or what's tech, what got you into database? What sparked your passion? Um, well, that goes all the way back to high school. Mm. So I'm, I'm at Fredericton High School, 3,700 kids in 1983. And, you know, I wasn't on the basketball team and I wasn't on the football team. And I was standing in this bus line one day. I was more likely over in the arcade pumping quarters <laughs> into you know, Defender or Space Invaders or Asteroid or one of those things. And I was fascinated by video games, of course. And I heard these guys in the bus line talking about the computer lab. Computer lab? Yeah. At this place? Really? So I went looking for it. Now, 3,700 kids. This thing was huge. But so I, the school, that is. And I wandered around till I found the computer lab. It was down in the home ec wing near the typewriters. And there was a, a room, a classroom with 25 Commodore pets around the edge. I went to the library, got a book, went to the lab after school. By the time I took computer ed the next year in grade 11, there was three or four of us. We knew way more than the teacher. The poor math teachers, they, they sent away for two weeks. Okay, you teach computer ed. Get going. She had two weeks. And I was hooked. <laughs> but my other passion was always business. So I did a business degree, but I was always figuring out how to write software and um, you know, computers were the coolest way to be in business that I could figure out. That's so cool. I love that story. It was just, you know, just an interest as a young kid. And in those days, you know, guys my age, we talk about today you go online and you download a program or you download a game. If you wanted a game in 1984, you bought a magazine and it was seven pages of code and you typed it into the oh Commodore 64 gosh. and you hope you didn't get it wrong. Sorry, I'm typing on the table. and <laughs> the, guys in the, the guys in the in the booth are going, ah! Why did he just go to the table? Um, so you're typing this in line by line for like four hours. At, oh, late bus is coming. You go over to the cassette recorder and push record, and you save the program on a standard cassette. Now the guys in the booth are banging. Yeah. <laughs> that is wild, It's though. real. Yeah. The only way to get a program was to buy a magazine or type it in out of a book. It's so cool because you've been at the forefront of like the evolution of the internet and computers. Like it's so cool to, you know, be in business. Yeah, you're going to say something about the phone. It is so cool. We have yeah. we take it for granted. Mm. About seven or eight years ago, one of my kids came to me. I think my daughter, who was maybe she was 15 at the time, she came to me and said, oh, I think we're we're going to run out of something. I don't know. We're going to run out of bandwidth. We're going to run out of some resource. And I said, no, no, you don't understand. <laughs> First of all, the phone company or, you know, the providers are laying lots of dark fiber. There's tons of bandwidth. Don't worry. That's before we had Netflix mm -hmm. and Prime and TikTok and all these things. You know, you had seven people in your house who are sucking up bandwidth at dial-up. Oh, who has yeah. dial-up? <laughs> yeah. I said... And I went and did the math. Her iPhone 4 didn't have 7 or 8 or 10. It had 100 Cray supercomputers in it. So in 1973 computing power, a Cray supercomputer cost 
oh, I forget the number now. It's like a million dollars to buy a Cray supercomputer wow. in 1973. And we're all walking around with 100 or 200, the computing power. Never mind yeah. the fact it's GPS. I can see where all my friends are on Snapchat or whatever. Um, I can do a video call in an instant with somebody. So true, you know. Um, it's a very interesting point you bring up because I was going to say, when my siblings first moved to North America for university, this is not that long ago, maybe like back in 2006 when video calling wasn't a big deal, it wasn't as big as it's now. Um, it would be so fascinating to see them once in a while through like a picture. And I don't even, I can't even now recall how we, how we would actually see a picture mm. of them versus now. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing that I always think about too is like, um, even in middle school, you know, okay, we had a project, a research project. I remember going to the school library and looking at encyclopedias. And now it's like any little question I have, I can be like, hey, Google, what's, you know, I don't even have to type it in anymore. I can just talk to the computer. It is wild. And that's about to get run down like a rabbit under a transport truck. What do you mean? So <laughs> if you go, tell, so I'm going to go back further just for fun to give okay. this emphasis. Because when I first started doing computer training in the 90s, every computer had Lotus mm -hmm. and WordPerfect and it ran Microsoft DOS. And maybe if you were really fancy pants, you had Ashton Tate DBase 3. Those were unmovable. Those companies were colossal successes. Lotus, there's a great story about Lotus. They, they had built spreadsheets before. And these guys got together and said, we need to make a spreadsheet for the PC. IBM is going to roll out a PC and they're going to kill everybody and it's going to be open source. We need a million dollars to build it and we need a million dollars to market it and we'll sell three million the first year. So they did all that, except they sold $10 million worth of Lotus in the first year. When the IBM PC mm -hmm. came out, it revolutionized everything because if you wanted even the simplest little program to do your expenses or do inventory control, whatever, you had to send it to some guys or gals in the basement in Toronto running a mainframe. Now you could buy a... PC out of petty cash. So by the end of the 90s, everybody's running a computer. And it's got Lotus and it's got WordPerfect. So you can do word processing, you can do mm -hmm. spreadsheets and maybe a few other specialized things. And then Windows comes along and kills them. Who's running Lotus? Nobody. Who's running WordPerfect? I mean, an Ottawa company called Corel Draw, who had a really cool program, but they're gone. Microsoft mm -hmm. absolutely ran them down. And search was dead, and Google came along in the late 90s and turned search into something. Mm -hmm. Search is dead now. ChatGPT is going to run that stuff over. Mm. Last night, I wanted to know something. I heard a guy on a video say, you can't do this thing to a diesel engine in a boat. You can't mm -hmm. sail it with the engine running. I, like, I think I know that. How do I figure that out? So I start Googling. I can't find squat. I get the manual. I have the paper manual for this thing doesn't say it. I go to chat GPT. Hey, in my Yanmar YM30 um, diesel marine engine, mm. at what angle can I operate that effectively? What angle of heel can I operate that effectively? It came back and gave me the exact answer. You can operate at 17 degrees. I said, where did you get this information? It's on page 36 of the user manual. I said, not on mine. It said, I'm using user manual model number 1007. Wow. No, I know what you mean. What? Yeah, because sometimes, you know, I get so annoyed with Siri or whatever. Like, they, you know, you ask them something that's not even that complicated, and they're like, sorry, I can't figure that out. And it's, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, what time is this restaurant open until or something? Which, you know, should be easy enough to... Anyways. Anyways, I digress. It's, I know what you mean. Like, so, But your point was, this is a crazy, exciting time. Right. But it it's has been get. for 25 years, and it hasn't even really started yet. Mm-hmm.
Oh my! Well, this is exciting. Okay, we had we do have some questions prepared okay. for you, but we do want to we do want to get to know you a little bit better, John. So we have some rapid fire questions. Um, these are fun. Don't worry. Um, the I'm first in. the first one. What's more important, keywords or links? So search engine optimization <laughs> is bullshit because it doesn't matter how many number one listings you have. It doesn't matter how many links you have to your page. If a human comes to the page and it's not useful information, you're absolutely wasting your time. Okay. So the most important thing is content. Okay. Useful, interesting content that tells you exactly how long you can operate your engine at a 25 degree heel or whatever. Okay. You know, a very common question I get from business owners though is that um, how do I make my website stand out? There are so many similar businesses. So to your point, content is very important for sure, but how do you even get people? to come visit your website to read your content? Two things. Really good content, <laughs> right? So it has to be worthwhile. You can't just put up mm -hmm. chat GPT junk, right? It, it has to be useful uh, information. And then second, links. Okay. Where? Social media, um, links on your own site, the nat how, how the site works. Google looks at how your own site links to it and then getting links on other people's sites. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We once did a, a, a site for uh, George LaRock. Now, George LaRock was a, was a fighter in the NHL. I, I, wasn't, I, I didn't really know who he was, but he had been, uh, he was on the Pittsburgh team with uh, Sidney Crosby for a while. He got one hat trick. Like he had two goals in that game and, and somebody else. And then he went to Montreal and he launched his own website. And we really weren't really paying attention to what he was up to. But he was a colossal, a colossally good self-promoter. And the day he launched his website, he crashed our servers. Because he got a link on the NHL site. He got a link on the Montreal Canadian site. And it was on the homepage of the NHL site. Everybody who went to the NHL said, oh, George LaRock's got a website. And he drove so much traffic that first day that he crashed the server. So links from very good places or a lot of links from, you know, not so good places also work. Mm -hmm. I know that is a strategy sometimes too, isn't it? Yeah. What? And Google says it's not allowed. Yeah. Um, but I've seen it work um, for spammers and, mm. and hackers and all kinds of things. And Google doesn't kick them out. It's really hard to tell what's a good link and what's a bad link. But right. quality, quality, quality. Okay. Perfect. Um, do you prefer in-office meetings or virtual ones? Well, if, if I'm on my boat, then I want to be virtual. Oh. If, if I'm in the office, <laughs> then everybody should be in the office where I'm at. Okay. <laughs> What's your favorite genre of music? Um, adult acoustic folk, like um, oh, William Prince. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm drawing a blank on names. Uh, I, but, you know, sometimes I go to see live music and I get sort of a little bit turned. I saw William Prince twice the last two times he was here, and I didn't listen to him as much afterwards. When I was in Toronto, my wife bought us tickets to go see Dave Matthews. I've listened to nothing but Dave Matthews mm. for the last year. He's great. But he's not, he doesn't really fit a genre either. I saw him in Halifax, actually. Yeah. 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 It was a great show. Anyways. He's, he's a performer. Yeah. He's great. We have only one last one, and it was, where was the last place that you ate out in Halifax? I'm trying to think. There's, like, so, many, there's so many good places. <laughs> yeah. Um, the last one. Or you could say you what ate. your favorite one is, even if yeah, you Yeah, I've been to Battery Park recently. That I always Ooh, Dartmouth, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's a good Leo, one. The guy who built that place, Leo, <laughs> was a friend of mine. He was a real business guy. Um, him and his son started those businesses. Um, Battery Park and... Um, 
Brooklyn Warehouse. Yeah. Okay. I'd be in the woods on camping trips with him, and he'd be talking about these places he wanted to build. I'm like, why don't you just hurry up and do it? Like, come (laughs) on. And then when they bought the place in Dartmouth, it was a restaurant, and they closed it. And he worked on it with his own hands for like two years. I'd go in and make fun of him. Leo, this was a restaurant. What is wrong with you? What are you doing here? And now if you go in there, you see what he was doing. And it was a, a uh, such a project for him to build from scratch for two years. It was well, a beautiful thing to watch. Mm, it must be. And you know what? It's because I live in Dartmouth and it's the, the place that we take visitors to, course, you know, yeah. and it's always busy. So, you know, it's great. But I mean, not for me because I want to get in and I always have to wait but but it is a great spot so good shout out to them yeah so you have been in business for 25 years now and we did talk about how the tech landscape has changed since you became passionate about tech um we would love to hear how have things changed at immediacy during the time during the last 25 years and also the overall industry how has that evolved Mm, that's a great question the biggest change is I grew up. Mm. Like I was a kid, thought it was okay to yell at people. Mm. That's not okay. okay. That doesn't yeah. work ever. Yeah. But hey, I grew up in an environment where that was the model. If you didn't get your way, you, you know, you throw a fit. And one of the biggest changes is that we don't work in authoritarian kinds of environments anymore. You don't just get to tell people what to do. Mm-hmm. And that's my favorite thing to do. Just shut up. Mm. And I had a coach more than 25 years ago in a previous business. Like I've been, I'm 56. I've been in business since I was 18. But the coach said to me, John, like, what are you doing? Like every time there's any kind of problem in the business, you jump up on the table, throw it on the table and like start killing it. And everybody else just goes, ooh, there he goes. Um, And I called him up, you know, 25 years later went, oh my God, you were right. I was just not ready to hear that. That's very interesting because I also feel like the work culture has changed so much because at some point, surprisingly enough, it might have been okay for you to yell at your employees or Mm. just get on the table, give them a solution and tell them what to do. And that was what people expected, right? The command and control thing was normal. But one of the things that I'm most proud of, and I didn't do it by myself, but the team did it. People showed up. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I used to get upset at work. And uh, a guy that I've worked with now 15 years pulled me aside one day, maybe 10 years ago, and said, John, when you freak out, when you lose your shit, everybody panics. Like, you can't, you're the, and he said it to me in nautical terms, which he knew would speak to me. He said, you're the captain of the ship. If you, you can't be losing your mind because, you know, we screwed up a customer thing or we made that mistake or somebody wasted three days on a problem that didn't work. Like, stop doing that. But, you know, it's amazing. You can tell that you're a good or better leader now because you're able to even just acknowledge that. You know, that's a pretty vulnerable thing to say, like, you know, I I screwed up back then. Oh, all the time. (laughs) And so I think the most important thing we can do in an organization is make it, especially in tech, is make it a safe place to fail. Mm. Because otherwise no one's getting creative about solving things. If if I'm going to get yelled at or even, you don't have to get yelled at. You just have to go. What's wrong with you? <laughs> like, you can do that in a look. I know that I can do it. I was like, oh, sorry. And I go back. I still go back to politics. So I had had a bad day, and I kind of gave you a hard time about that thing that you didn't get right four times. Oh, sorry. That's not <laughs> what I meant. I, it's easy to say, oh, we're going to promote a safe place, and it's a good place, a safe place to fail, and la, la, la. Yeah, you got to walk the walk. And it's really, 
you know, on those months when you're not going to make money, those months when on those projects that are really hard to finish on those projects, um, like I'm, I'm super transparent now. Like Mm. the only success I've had has come out of colossal failures. That's what they say. You need to fail. And we don't talk about it enough. Yeah. Like the first time I tried to grow immediacy, we were three people. I talked earlier about, we talked about the C, the, we had a big C, media C, it looked like a hockey logo, and Ferrandov was the employee number one or employee number two. Um, I was just talking to him recently. He's running his own graphic design agency in Fredericton, or Moncton, rather. Anyway, Farron built this logo, and I'm like, I got to find a salesperson. I found a guy, and he hired two guys, and then we had a project manager, and pretty soon we were 12 people, and we grew from, you know, I don't know, we were doing three or 400,000 sales. We did about 600,000 in sales, and we spent like, seven or eight or 900,000. And I was a million, almost a million dollars in debt. Wow. And we ran out of money. Mm. Most of it we owed to CRA and some to ACOA and it was very difficult. And we shrunk to three people and 300,000 in sales again. And I went to my accountant and he said, all right, give me that. I'll do your SR and ED tax credit. I'll do your tax. I'm not even going to charge you. You got to go down the hall and talk to my partner. So I go down the hall and I'm talking to the partner. I'm in the room 10, 15 minutes with these guys. And I'm like, these are the bankruptcy guys. No. Yeah. Um, you know, and I owed a lot of smaller people, you know, five or ten or fifteen thousand dollars. And when you go bankrupt, you can't protect people. You can say, All right, thanks, you know, COA and the bank or the phone company, people that's not really gonna hurt, but there were other people just like me who had invested money. Mm-hmm. So, so I didn't go bankrupt, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Okay. Well, we and, and, they, and those guys are like, uh, well, I could have, and you know, yeah. I, I don't think it would have been good for me personally. But it was hard with those guys. It'll take you five years. It took seven. Mm-hmm. But we paid everybody back. That's amazing. You kept at it. Yeah. Okay. I'm curious um, when that shift kind of happened for you. Because I know immediacy is, you know, one of your core values is that people come first. And mm. cultivating that, like, safe work environment is super important for you guys. It's what, you know, led to you being one of the best places to work out here in Atlantic Canada. So, you know, why is that something that's so important to you now? Obviously, you've you've learned a lot over the years, but kind of when did that shift and when was that kind of a focus for immediacy? I always said it, mm. that it's, it's for us. We'd sit in a meeting of the people who work there. It's for us first, not the customers, because if it's good for us, then it'll be good for the customer. It's not like we're ignoring the customer. So there was no one single shift. It evolved slowly. The day that Todd said to me, you have to stop, you know, freaking out if things are difficult. You can't lose your shit at people. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, that was a strategy of mine. Um, and I learned that growing up and I had to unlearn it. And I'm still unlearning it sometimes. It's, yeah. it's, not, it's not a thing that just goes away. But that is the single most important thing that happened. And then it took you know, five years. I made a study out of it too. I mean, I, I still read every business book that I can get my hands on. Good to great. Well, we took the measures idea. Well, let's find one thing or two things that we can measure in the business and focus on. I mean, business is really pretty easy. Revenue minus expenses equals profit. And if you're making profit, then it's fun and it's easy. And if you're not, then it's hard and you go out of business. Mm-hmm. That's an oversimplification, of <laughs> course. Like you but make it, it sound so easy. But, but, it, but that's all that it is, Yeah, really. No different than running your household. If I'm, this is my paycheck, these are my expenses. But it is interesting that there has been such a shift to focus on employees because you're not, you know, you can have a business that's making profit, but it's no fun if no one's having fun. <laughs> no, it's awful. Yeah. It's, it's ongoing cultivation too, yeah. all the time. Yeah. All the time. And getting to where people are at. 
So you've got a lot of attention for being such a positive um, place to work at. And we can clearly tell from you sharing your journey with us. Um, how does it feel, especially from someone who started as yelling as a tactic? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It wasn't a deliberate tactic. It was a, it was a habit. Okay. Uh, it's one of those things that I did that, you know, maybe I was aware of it. I never felt good about it. I always mm -hmm. felt terrible afterwards. And, you know, sometimes it would work. But ultimately, people go away. They're not going to, and maybe less so 20 years ago and, and instantly today. Yeah. Right? That's not how we treat each other. In fact, my wife and I had this conversation the other day because, you know, often at home we tend to be, you know, I had our day, so I'm gonna, my temper and my fuse a little shorter at home and I'm more likely to snap at my wife. Than, and I'm like, why would I do that? I, I, I don't do that at work. I would never talk mm -hmm. to And we talk openly about it because, mm -hmm. you know, we've been together for... 33 years next month, 32 years. Why would we be short and snappy with each other when we would never behave that way with a coworker right. who's you know, certainly less important than a spouse? It's just easy sometimes. That's the problem. We take it for granted. Yeah, exactly. We take it for granted. I mean, you kind of addressed it, but like, let's not beat around the bush because this is a pretty amazing, you know, it's a pretty amazing accolade to get best workplaces in Atlantic Canada. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you heard that, like, what did you think? Like, you got to be, that's a pretty big thing. Yeah. Um, the awards come after the thing. Uh, and people get awards, I always say this, and it's like, shmeh, shmeh. Um, the exciting part is that people get to come to work and be who they are. And they get to be open about you know, their self-improvement. Um, and that's really, like, that's what I say today. It's like, this place is for us. And this is an incubator for us. To get better so we want to help people get to wherever they're going mm -hmm. and be who, whoever they want to be and create a safe place to do that i think that's just that's obviously a sign of a good employer you want what's best for your employee yeah and whether that means obviously staying with immediacy or finding a new adventure if you're happy for them that's yeah that's great and look it was i again i said at the beginning i've always said that people on the team helped me do that like mm -hmm. somebody's going to see this thing and worked at they'll see this podcast and they'll have worked at immediacy 10 or 15 years ago when you know we had to lay people off i still yell at people i really did it wasn't always a good place to work mm -hmm. sometimes it was good sometimes it wasn't and you know we had an amazing two years and the last year um we had a bunch of big contracts from the u.s and we were working with some partners and we grew like crazy and it was the most amazing couple. Of, it was really good to behave that way. Easy, easy. It's been harder when we weren't growing as fast. And we even shrank a little bit. It's like, whoa. And we're like, okay, well, maybe we shouldn't do co-ops anymore. I said, no, co-ops are a clear part of our value. The first mm -hmm. minute that we're not growing and making lots of money, we're going to stop co-op? No, we're going to still do co-ops. About 80% of the people who work at MEDC were a co-op at MEDC first. That's amazing. Why would we stop doing co-ops? This is a great recruiting strategy. We have a great team. Mm -hmm. And people, really, there's a bunch of people who showed up and did the HR policy and did, you know, the, the finance and accounting and did fix the technology. You know, life in a technology company is very stressful if the technology is mm -hmm. not working and the hackers from China are coming in and hacking it and you got to work 12 hours a day for three weeks. And then you still have to shut the server down. I mean, we went through tough times. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to culture, what you're sharing right now, I think is 
a very common experience for a lot of young, I should say a lot of new entrepreneurs who are starting a business, especially in the tech industry, because it's so competitive um, and it's so fast. Hmm. What advice would you have for them who are trying to keep up with that high pace, high stress environment, at the same time trying to build a place where people feel that they're treated as humans? I think for me personally, when I look back, the stress came out of a shortage of resources, usually money. Um, so, you know, I, I've recently started another business um, and we had the resources to do that. So when it's like, oh, we really needed that tool. I'd be like, no, we don't have the money for that tool. To have the resources to go, let's get the right tool for the right job. Oh, we screwed that up. We made a mistake. We have to redo that. No, we can't. We can't afford to do that. Customer's not going to pay for us to fix that. We have the resources to go, oh, no, we're doing this right. The most important thing we can get from our customer is a five-star Google rating on Google Business. So we got to do it right. So have the right resources to do the best job that you can. Because mm -hmm. it's always going to be harder, take longer, cost more. Well, that's not always easy, but good advice. No, and if you don't have the resources, then yeah. do it anyway. Yeah. Like anybody's ever come to me and said, I got this thing, I want to start this business. Okay, let's do it. Love that attitude. Mm-hmm. Okay, because this is kind of a celebration of, you know, 25 years in business. So, you know, on your website, I don't know if this number needs updating, but it says you've had, you've done over 4,000 projects, yeah. which is pretty impressive. Um, you know, is there anything that stands out, like any project that you've worked on that you were like super proud of or any, just any shout out you want to give? I mean, we've had so many great clients over the years. Um, and we've also done a lot of important work. Like we were really focused on youth. Mm. Um, so we got involved with Canoe Kayak Canada, largely because my kids were in it and I was volunteering on boards and, you know, at canoe clubs. Um, so we built them an app that literally, like, Canoe Kayak is an interesting sport. We have one of the best venues mm. in the world in Dartmouth. Yes, we do. Shout out to Dartmouth again. But as a spectator sport, um, it's a thousand meter course. So you're standing at the finish line, looking up the course with binoculars going, have they started? Yeah, I don't know. Is, is that Joey? Can't tell. Oh, oh yeah. No, there it is. Okay, yes, they're going. So, and then you could be standing on the finish line, and the finish line can be so close, you can't tell who won. Because mm. they get to the end, and they shoot their boat, and they throw the... And they would then, there's people up in the tower with cameras or devices and recording the finish, and then they type it into a computer, and they print it out, and they go around and nail it to a tree, which involves walking all the way around the end of the lake. And, and this is true everywhere, like nationals for that sport, which is really cool. Nationals for that sport as the Olympic athletes and the 14-year-olds all at the same event. It's really cool. Happens in Ottawa, happens in Welland, Ontario, it happens in Regina, and they move it around. And the same thing, it takes 20 minutes to find out if you... One, or maybe if you came third, you're going to progress to the semifinal. So we built an app and plugged it into their computer so that the result was almost instant. As soon as the guy in the finishing tower or the gal in the finishing tower went click, everybody could see on the app, oh, Johnny came third. That's cool. <laughs> you did that? Yeah, we built that. Wow, that's amazing. It's here in this city, and then it's been used across the country. Which it's is amazing. It's been used for international competitions and nationals. And yeah. um, I think we used it at Canoe 09, like from that time period on. Okay. Um, and we've done all kinds of work in the arts to, you know, like everybody needs a website. So from the mm. Brunswick Street Mission to the Nova Scotia Talent Trust, we're, we're um, Theater Nova Scotia, Symphony Nova Scotia. Neptune, we've usually been able to sponsor either in part or in whole, depending on their budget, their web applications. That's amazing. And you're from Halifax? 
I was born in Fredericton. Oh, yeah, you said that at the beginning. Then I went to Toronto. I never intended to come back to Atlanta, Canada. And then one night I went out to the Brunswick house and met a girl. <laughs> she, was a on, she was on a co-op. This is the best recruiting strategy for Nova Scotia. We should do more of it. I said this to the premier a couple of different times, to different premiers over the years. This is, we should do this more. Send the co-ops to Toronto, and then they'll come home, guys and gals, and they'll bring partners. Mm. So I followed her home. Amazing. Well, I followed my husband here. <laughs> but I met him out in Yorkton, Saskatchewan. So yeah. I don't know if that's a good recruiting <laughs> You're here. It works. Exactly. That's exactly. all that matters. Um, well, that's amazing. I only asked where you're from because I was like, that's cool that, you know, you can say that you've had a hand in all of these different websites. You know, when you go online now, it's like, wow, I've done I've done a lot of this, which is must be really cool. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> no. And again, you sort of get used to it. It's one website right. at a time. Yeah. Okay, well, you know, that's it. That's it for our questions. But, you know, we like to um, kind of leave the floor open to you. Is there anything that you're excited for? Anything you want to promote or, you know, for the near future? Obviously, you have, I think, some celebrations. Yeah, we, we're moving in. We're mostly moved into a new office. So we're going to get to uh, have an open house and have a party. And we're right wow. down on the waterfront beside the beer garden or whichever thing that is. Um, so that's exciting. Very exciting. But one of the things that's invigorated me personally is, and no, most of the people, you did what? And you had the same response. I started a roofing company. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you did what? John, just a second. You got a cushy job sitting in, at a computer, pushing little dots around a screen for a living, and you started a roofing company. Yeah. It's, it's, I said, it's just like a software company. It's the same. What do you mean? You're putting roofs on. Yeah. We are, but it's online marketing, it's process, it's recruiting, which, you know, we have almost no turnover in the IT industry. Like we've had one competitor, well, not a competitor, but another IT company steal one of our people in the last year and a half. Mm. Wow, that's incredible. You forgot to mention that you also get a really nice tan. Roofing, yeah. No, look, if you want to work outside. You can't if you want to get, but he's got a great tan. If you want to get in shape, I'm in the best shape of my life because I needed to understand the business. And I've been messing around with roofs for a long time. And I wanted a process business, and it's a process business. So for our listeners yeah. who want to achieve their business goals mm. or get some roofing done, <laughs> <laughs> what's the best way to get in touch with any of your companies? Sure. But I'm on LinkedIn. That's probably the easiest way to message me. Um, but amedc.com is our, our, our website. Uh, you'll find you know the web app SEO business there. And the roofing business has absolutely taken off um, over the last six months. Um, like literally when the guy's going out the door to do estimates, it's like, oh, no, wait, here's one more on the way. <laughs> like this afternoon, he's driving to Mount Uniac and he's going to stop in Sackville <laughs> and then he's going to go all the way to the valley. And the people, yeah, um, yesterday was crazy. People, yeah, when can you get here to measure it? And then when can you do it? Because it's leaking. Rainy days. <laughs> wow. But it's a process business, training business, safety business. That's That was mm. sort of new. Um, but I understood that. Well, I just got to say, congratulations. Best workplace in Atlanta, Canada. 25 years in business. You got a new office. You got a new business. It's exciting times for you. So congratulations. Thanks. And thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to All Hands on Tech. Interested in learning more? Visit us on our website at www.digitalnovascotia.com. We'll see you next time.
This has been a Podstarter production. production.